Welcome back to the jointhetrades.com interview series where we talk to tradespeople and learn more about successful career paths straight from the source. Today I have with me Matt Coombs. Matt is a director of AV Solutions with 17 years of experience in the field. Matt! Hey, man. Hey, how's it going? I'm good, brother. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent, man. Thanks for having me on. It's my pleasure. Thank you for being here very much. This should be a fun one. I haven't talked to anyone in your field yet, so uh, bring on the info, brother. Right on. So, right. yeah. Um, so how'd you get started? So uh, I actually started uh, about 17 years ago uh, in the TV side of things. I went through a technical school for broadcasting, uh, and I started there. Uh, and I have spent, uh, like I said, almost 17 years in correlating industries of live entertainment and live production. Uh, and it's been a, a pretty exciting ride. Yeah, it mean, sounds like it. Uh, TV is a is another animal altogether, huh? Yeah. But so, they, what did they, you do in the? Sorry, what did you do in TV? So, um, obviously, I, I started at the bottom. Uh, I started as a production assistant, and uh, I spent about seven, eight years in television, dedicated. Uh, I worked my way up to becoming a technical director, but uh, worked in a lot of broadcast sports uh, and a lot of like live entertainment functions like uh the purina dog chow challenge and stuff like that cool that's fun uh is there anything specifically that you really enjoyed about that um so i mean it was pretty cool um live entertainment uh live tv production and live entertainment they have a lot of things that coincide with each other um i think it's kind of cool to be able to show up to a a, a blank slate and build a stage and you know set up all the equipment and make a, a function or something happen and then tear it all down and disappear and it was like you were never there okay so that's what your duties would generally entail on the on a set so that's a that's kind of a, a normal day-to-day -day for like a remote production um but there's a, a lot of different opportunities, including uh, like places that have like built facilities like recording studios or television studios or uh, concert venues, churches, houses of worship. Those things kind of stay built. And so um, you don't have to like set up all the equipment and take it off of trucks. You know, you just kind of show up and do whatever your job is for that day. Sure. Sure. So you got rolling in the television industry. And uh, how, how did that go? Like, how do you progress in that field? And then and where did that lead you to at this point? So uh, much like all of the other trades, you start at, you know, the, the bottom rung, which is like a production assistant or a stagehand. Uh, and then you start to work your way up and there's specialized traits with inside the industry. Like you have audio, lighting, video, uh, engineering. And so as you're making your way into the industry, you kind of find out what's right for you. Um, so for me, that was the video side of things, but I also dabbled in the audio side of things. Um, and so uh, over time, you start to work your way into the, the lower level positions, which we would consider like uh, a second audio operator, uh, where you're like the person on the stage, patching microphones uh, and getting everything set up. And then levels above that would be like a technical director where you're pushing the buttons and on the switcher and making the signal change, or you're the audio engineer at the audio console, mixing the show or mixing, you know, the production that you're doing. 
Okay, so this would include, like you said, uh, large churches doing big presentations, uh, TV shows, concerts, I imagine, venues. All of it. Comedy. Oh, cool. Yeah. Very cool. So it's never a dull moment in that. No. So we're, uh, uh, I was looking at the statistics earlier, but we're a $285 billion industry. Uh, and there's around a half a million people that work in the different types of fields. Um, so we're uh, a large scale and you can think of everything like from houses of worship, churches, uh, concert venues, traveling concerts, Broadway, musicals, television cool. studios, basically any place that there's live entertainment, we're the people yeah. behind the scenes making that happen. Yeah, man, that's super cool. Um, I mean, I've worked in that field on myself, shooting, you know, little shows and stuff. And, and I know the magnitude of, of what a massive team it takes to pull it together. I mean, it's such a cool process. Like how many people really go into this this finished product that we're watching when we when we see a concert or a television show? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even smaller shows can have 10, 15 people backstage running around trying to make sure that everything's going smoothly. Um, and there's a lot of different job opportunities just with inside the industry. You know, it's like like we were talking about, there's audio, there's video, there's lighting, uh, the stage hands, there's just a multitude of jobs that have to be done. Uh, and it's all stuff that you can get into really quickly. Okay, so you started in video, you said, and then you kind of you kind of worked your way through audio and your schooling, the education you have, did, it, did that focus particularly on video or audio or everything? So um, the, the schooling I went to, I went to a technical school here in the St. Pete area called P-Tech. Um, and it, it focused on television as a whole, um, but they also now have uh, a live, uh, live AV uh, version of the class. So in the broad classing class, we are really focused on, you know, like, video production elements, audio production elements, and, and lighting for video specifically, not necessarily like concert lighting. So it focused on the television components of it. Um, and then because the industries have a lot of similarities, I ended up over the years, um, I also played music myself. So, you know, being at concert venues and, and churches and stuff, I've started to pick up all that over the years. Um, and so, cool. you know, learning one component of it really led to learning the other components. Okay. And you learn most of that on, on the job, huh? Because... Oh, yeah. 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 So my schooling uh, was around 15 months total. Um, and they taught us everything from editing and how to use a camera and all of that. Um, but I will tell you that, like, some of that mattered, but most of it went right out the window as soon as <laughs> tech school was over. Because, you know, technology changes so fast that as soon as I got into the field, they're like, oh, yeah, we haven't used that in five years. Right. Yeah, right. The digital camera revolution changed everything, obviously, and then uh, always beyond, huh? Yeah. 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 Okay, so you were able to learn, um, I suppose it's kind of a, almost an apprenticeship when you're getting involved, right? You're just kind of working other other people and you have mentors? Totally. Yeah, so... Um, Depending on what facet of the industry you start in, you either start as like an entry level tech or a production assistant or a stagehand. Basically, all of that is the equivalent of an apprentice. So once you get into the field and start working, like you get essentially paired up with somebody 
that's going to be almost your mentor. But that person changes all the time because, you know, for me, I was working on shows that were coming in and out of town. So I get assigned to go work with this one person who tomorrow is going to be in Chicago. Right. But for me, that was really cool because I got a new set of experience every time I was working. It was a, a new insight or a new uh, way to do things. Okay, so that's something that you've actually really enjoyed. You're not you're not thrown off by that, but it's been kind of a, a cool aspect of the of the gig. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would say that every day is something new. You know, um, like one day you could be setting up this type of show or this concert or this stage play, and then that one's done and you're on to the next thing. So it's always a, a constant evolution of what is you, what are you doing that day. That's super cool. Um, keeps it interesting. So it's a little difficult for us to talk about then a, a typical day in the life. But if you had to kind of explain how a day may go, give us a quick rundown. Okay. So I'm going to give you two versions. All right. I'm going to give you right. the day before the show and the day of the show. Okay. Okay. So the day before the show, all this equipment that you see behind me is going to get what we call prepped. It's going to get pulled out from the shelf. It's going to get like ready to go onto a truck and get loaded onto a truck. All the equipment that we need to set up will get on that truck before we, we go to the show. So okay. uh, the day before, you're going to get here. You're going to pull the equipment out. Um, you know, we use like a, a, uh, a management system to scan it to the show. Going to get all of the cables pulled, all the microphones, the speakers, rigging elements. Uh, whatever equipment we need, it's going to get pulled out and it's going to get loaded on the truck. Then the day of the show, that truck and all of the crew are going to arrive. You're going to unload everything off of it. You're going to start setting it up. So let's say a concert starts at 8 p.m. We'll get there sometime between 6 and 7 a.m. And we'll have 20, 30, 40 people show up. Uh, they'll get everything off the truck. They'll get the stages built. They'll get the PA systems flown, the lighting up in the air, all the communication cables run. Like it's a, it's a very, I don't want to say like hectic, but there's a lot going on. So once all that's up in the air, then we test it and make sure it's working. And then it's waiting for everyone to show up for the show. And then the show happens. And then we do all of that in reverse. We take it all down, we load it back on the truck and we take it back to the warehouse comes off the truck, gets scanned back in, cleaned, and ready to go out again. Yeah, crazy, man. That's exactly kind of what I was talking about on TV. I mean, the, the massive amount of production that goes into uh, performance is, is insane. It's like, uh, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain that's actually making this all happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, dozens of men and women. Dozens. Yeah, yeah. Um, so your team, do you have a team that you always work with? You work for a specific company or um, how does that work? So now I'm with ESI Production Services. We're one of the larger concert and festival production companies here in the Tampa Bay area. Um, and they're a great company to work for. We do a lot of the music production uh, and concerts and festivals and support a lot of concert venues and houses of worship and Anybody that needs audio or lighting solutions um, or, or video solutions in the area. Okay, so it's a pretty, it's a pretty heavily staffed company. 
Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've seen anyone running around. I'm kind of sitting in the middle yeah. of the warehouse floor and they're not happy with me right now. But um, uh, right now we have uh, a large national touring act in our rehearsal studio. Uh, we have about seven 26 foot box trucks on our loading dock right now with equipment coming on and off. Um, it's wow. nonstop around here. Even the slow seasons are busy. Okay. Well, that's always a good thing, right? It means steady work no matter what. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, the, the only reason that you can't stay busy in this industry, uh, is because you want to break and you're intentionally not working. Okay. All right. So how'd you get interested in this? Were you interested in this when you were a kid or, or what led you to this? So, um, my mom actually worked in the marketing field and she worked with, uh, talents and singers to, to book, uh, artists coming in. Um, uh, and I also had a lot of exposure to, uh, this kind of work and this kind of stuff and being behind the stages a lot as a kid. Um, and I, I always, I kind of grew up in the era where like having a camera at home and like filming dumb stuff was kind of real popular. And so right. I, I got a camera one year for Christmas and I was like in love with filming. And I had, I took two VCRs and recorded from one tape to the other. And that's how I did editing, uh, dating myself a little bit here, but, no, no, uh, no, man. <laughs> but, um, I just kind of fell in love with the industry from the first time I saw it as a kid. And, um, I loved being at like live music or being behind the scenes and around technical stuff. Um, and, uh, I'm not the best with power tools, so that wasn't the best direction for me, but I wanted to be around cool stuff. Uh, yeah. and I wanted to do something that, you know, could provide for my family down the road. And, uh, this has been an amazing industry to be in. Um, and I, I have nothing but good things to say about it. Yeah. On that note, um, I mean, it sounds like you've had some really cool experiences. You've gotten to see, you know, a variety of awesome shows and, and productions. So those are obviously some of the pros. Um, what do you find otherwise more rewarding or the most rewarding? So most rewarding, I would have to say is again, being able to take it from there's nothing happening to everything is set up and working and the show goes on. And, you know, I don't know that it's something that everyone that works in the industry thinks about, but when you go to see a concert or you go to a festival or you go to a play um, or you attend your church services or anything where there's live entertainment in any capacity with speakers and a sound console or lighting or any kind of video, like we're the people that help put that on. Like we get to bring like joy and entertainment and fun to people. And that's, that's what we do. We, we bring the fun and there's a lot of tech to it. And so being able to learn audio consoles and learn lighting consoles and, and work with this kind of stuff, it's super rewarding. Yeah, it's always, uh, I always use the analogy because I, I mean, I've hosted little shows here and there and done things like that and, you know, done some TVs and stuff. And I always uh, use the analogy that without the actual team behind me making all this happen, I'm completely useless. Like, basically, that I'm just out in the field spouting off words and no one cares at all. You know, the magnitude of what you and people like you create and the magic that you and people like you create is, is really the key. Well, thank you. 
I'm gonna yeah. I need to like get that framed as a quote. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean I com- I completely feel that way. Okay, so tell us like one or two drawbacks. There has to be uh, something here or there that's that can be kind of a drag. So uh, as with everything, there's pros and cons. Um, the cons are we are usually the first people in and the last people out. Uh, all of your favorite things happen on weekends. So we work weekends, we work holidays, we work a lot. Uh, it is uh, a general day in production is based on a 10 hour day. We don't do eight hour days generally. Uh, so a 10 hour day is what's considered a day rate. Um, and it is very easy for that 10 hour day to turn into a 15 hour day. Um, sure. And that is a super normal occurrence. Uh, but if you're up for that and you like the hard work and it's generally a fun atmosphere, you know, everyone's here to have a good time and put on a good show, uh, whether that's in TV or in live entertainment or concerts, uh, you know, it's it's usually an upbeat atmosphere. So it, it kind of helps the day to move quickly. But yeah, long days, lots of hours. Um, it's very easy to get into a 15 hour day when you're doing stuff. Um, holidays nights, weekends, late nights, you know, concert ends at 11. We're not done tearing down everything until 2 or 3 a.m. So that that's the downfall. But I think the pros are worth it. Okay. And so you mentioned earlier, um, kind of in that vein, that it's nonstop work. You know, we talk to people uh, a lot about like, well, is is there a chance that I'm not going to be able to make ends meet? Is there going to be slow times? You you find that there's, if anything, too much work? Um, I would say that there's enough work to go around. Um, and uh, especially living in a post-COVID world, uh, right now we are experiencing shortages uh, of labor. So there's more than enough work right now. Um, thinking pre-COVID, like everybody could stay busy. Um, There was plenty of people working all the time. Um, One thing I will say is that if you don't work for a company, you're almost always freelance in this industry. So a lot of gig work. Um, And that's that's one nice thing is it it allows everyone to kind of be an entrepreneurial like right from the beginning. And it allows you to gain a lot of experience and accelerate your growth quickly because you can choose which work you want or don't want. Um, and you can basically say, hey, I am now an, a, an audio engineer full time. That's all I do. So you're you're not limited by anything other than your experience. So at this point, you've been in the career, you've been in the field a long time. Have you found that you prefer working for a company as opposed to being freelance? Um, at the current stage in my life, yes, but I have done both as well as I have owned my own production company. So I have been a freelancer, I have owned a company and I have worked for other companies. So I've kind of touched all of it. Um, and they each have their own ups and downs. Freelance was great. I traveled all over the place, did all kinds of work. Um, I spent the majority of my career in freelance. Um, and then I started my own video production company, um, uh, as well as when you're freelance, you're basically running your own company anyways. But I, I formed an official company, bought a bunch of equipment, hired people, we were producing stuff. Um, and then uh, I kind of was like, it's time for me to slow down traveling. And so I was able to join a company where I can work primarily locally, 
uh, and spend more time with my, my wife and my family. Sure, that's a reasonable a reasonable decision at that point. So it looks like there's tons of options for people across the board if they're looking to get started. Oh, totally. If, you, if you're looking for a job that you can travel basically internationally or anywhere you want to uh, and, and do really cool stuff, this is definitely a trade to be considered for that. All right. So speaking of that, if you were to talk to someone who either was young and didn't know what they were interested in doing or even was old and looking for a, a career change, what type of person do you think is suited for this? Um, I would say that somebody that's suited for this industry is somebody that uh, enjoys being both creative and technical, um, has an understanding that this is not a clock in clock out kind of job like we're going to spend a lot of days or a lot of time in the field uh, a lot of time before shows getting ready for it a lot of time after shows cleaning everything up um, so somebody that has a high work ethic but also likes to do really cool stuff and stuff that you know not everybody else gets to see and, and be behind the stages and and work with talent and artists um, so somebody that uh wants to have a good time and work hard and travel and do cool stuff, this is the right place for them. Yeah, gotcha. It sounds like there's sometimes some bragging rights as far as like, oh, hey, I got to be on this project and, I, you know, you may have enjoyed it and, and I was a, one component of that. It's, that's really cool, man. Yeah. Uh, I have lots of friends that do like uh, work with national touring artists and, and concert festivals that do touring um, and those are that's like a small traveling city. You know, you'll have larger festivals. There'll be a hundred people, 200 people that go from city to city, to city, to city, to city, moving right. all of that and setting it up. And so you, uh, you make great friends. You, you get to meet a lot of cool people. You get to work with, you know, if you, if you do it right, you get to work with like large national acts and household names, and you get to be a part of those memories that are created in every city. Awesome. Are, are there any notable, notable productions that you were a part of that you'd like to throw out there for people? Um, so I've worked on uh, one World Series. I've worked on two Super Bowls. Uh, I, I have worked on a Stanley Cup. Bolts, we're Tampa here. Um, I have gotten to work with uh, most every Tampa-based sports team. Um, I have uh, worked with basically over my freelance career every uh, television station there is that has letters. Um, yeah. You know, it's. Uh, I actually at home. I, I'll have to email you a picture of it, but. I have a uh, like a photo album with like all of my like lanyards and credentials of like everything I've done over the years. So super cool, I, man. I, you know, I can't say that there's like one specific thing, but you know, when you when you stay in the industry long enough, you get to do a lot of really cool stuff over a long period of time. Yeah, man, it sounds like it. it sounds like you've been a part of some pretty cool things. How is the uh, not to just change it into about money but uh how is the pay overall have you found that it's very competitive um does it work well for you definitely so uh as many freelance people will know that sometimes the check can come 30 or 60 days later um yes 
that is a thing. So, you know, if you're entering just the freelance market, prepare yourself for that kind of long running start. But um, overall in the industry, if you're if you're coming in at, you know, the, the very entry level, like a stagehand or a production assistant, um, I would say that most places now in a post COVID world are paying between 30 and 40. Um, and it's not expected for you to stay in those positions long. It's kind of like, hey, let's make sure that you have what it takes and, and then move you up. Um, Great. Uh, and so those are those are like the very entry level positions. Once you leave that space, um, and, and I should note that I have a friend who's stayed a production assistant and they make 80K a year now, but that's because okay. they're constantly busy. Like they're the best production assistant ever, you know? So it, it does get better the longer you go. Um, and then as you accelerate up the line and get into becoming like an audio engineer or a camera operator or a technical director, you're, you're almost for sure in a six figure salary or real close to it. Um, and some even higher. Excellent. Yeah. I think that's what people are going to want to know is that like within a couple of years, within some hard work and, and there's really a chance for advancement and for that salary to, to keep increasing. Yeah. Um, and especially again, post COVID, we're in a label shortage. So um, there's definitely been some pay increases. Um, even, you know, just working, if you were just in the warehouse, like you weren't a show operations person, um, you know, you're, you're making enough hopefully to you know, be able to support yourself. So it, it, it goes up quickly once you especially get into the field. But, um, you know, most everybody who's an audio engineer or, uh, you know, middle or up position is six figures or very close to it. Excellent. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. We're always trying to get that word out there to people is that so many of the trades really struggle getting enough people, you know, that, that there are so many opportunities out there that people are not aware of young people. And we're trying to get that word out as much as possible. And it's very kind of you to come and, and bring that up. Yeah. Um, and I'd also like to add, if it's okay, um, there's a lot of other things you learn inside of this industry. Um, like uh, a component of what we do is rigging, right? So that translates to steel work and that translates to some other trades. Also, we're basically an offshoot of electrical. Everything that you see behind me runs off of electric. So we're calculating electrical loads and we're we're looking in at, at, you know, how much does this thing weigh when we hang it from the ceiling? How much voltage is it pulling? You know, so there's, you're going to learn components of electrical. You're going to learn components of rigging. You're going to learn components of design and safety. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just, you know, turning on a microphone. <laughs> Yeah, I gotcha. So there's actually a lot of opportunities for anyone who's out there that may already be in the electrical field and go, you know what, I'm kind of, I'm kind of burnt out doing residential or commercial stuff. I'd like to get involved in, in something that has, you know, a, a different component to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, your field might, might be uh, symbiotic with that. Definitely. So especially specifically in the touring industry, uh, so like touring concerts, there's a position called a master electrician or an ME, and it is their job to hook up the generator or pull power from, you know, the wall service to our power distros. Um, 
and I'll send you some pictures after this, but I mean, we have massive distro racks that take three phase electrical and spit it out to everything, you know? So there is definitely, if you were an electrician and you wanted to change it up and you could get in with a production company as a master electrician or an ME and go out on the road with your favorite band or artist and travel with them and making sure that their electrical is working right, that can definitely happen. Or if you're a steel working guy and you know like rigging points and how to hang rigging, oh, I've got a job for you. We, it is easy to have 40 to 60 points or more of rigging steel that has to be dropped from the ceiling to put everything up in the air. So we have guys up there, you know, starting two hours or three hours before we even show up, marking and dropping steel down. Um, there's all kinds of trade crossover um, and there's a ton of work and many different facets. Oh, it's great, man. Listen, this is awesome, and uh, and it's a it sounds like a pretty extraordinary field to be a part of. It, if there were people out there that were interested in how to get started, uh, how are they going to go about that? Where should they look? Should they look into schooling? Should they talk to you know a company? What should they do? So I would say, number one, go on Google and look up production companies near you. Start there. Different companies have different requirements. And if you're not sure what you want to do in the industry yet, then going directly off to school to learn one facet of that may not be the right choice. Most production companies are going to be happy to train you, happy to teach you the way that they want it done because we kind of all do a little bit something different. But um, I would start with looking at production companies in your air and then going to them and you know asking if there's uh, an opportunity there that's one of the great ways to start. The second way is um, there's definitely schools. Um, if you want to go the school route, I would say try to figure out what specialty you want to focus in, especially if it's like you want to become a video director or a camera operator, um, or if you want to become an audio engineer. If you want to figure out your specialty and go to school for that, there are options. I advocate for the technical school options as they will save you a bunch of money. Good to know. Yeah. So if you can go to a technical school and save a bunch of money and get into the industry, that's a that's a fine option. But you can definitely do it by either approaching a production company um, or doing some online research. Uh, if you're religious at all, I am sure your church has plenty of stuff that they can ask for you to help with. That's a great way to start. Um, also, like the concert venues and stuff locally or near you, basically anywhere that there's entertainment, there's an opportunity to start to acquire those skills. Cool. So someone could go to a trade school or, you know, go to a specific school for, say, engineering, get involved, and then the possibilities are endless across the board. For sure. Um, and, you know, this is a, a really wide sweeping industry. We have like Blackstone level companies like Blackstone actually owns some AV companies um, okay. that are very corporate and you can go that route. Um, and a lot of large companies employ AV people to work there full time to help manage their meeting rooms and conference spaces. And it, it becomes part of IT at that point, um, sure. uh, all the way down to like, you know, uh, 
a gentleman who owns some PA speakers and some small lighting, and he puts on small shows. So we're an extremely wide-spanned industry, um, and you can find, you know, if you can't get in with, like, what you may consider the largest production company in your town, then you can go to the next one down, spend some time there, and then go to another company or grow with that company. But right. there, there's definitely everything from your mom-and-pop AV production companies all the way up to you can work for multi-billion dollar corporate AV companies. Awesome, man. That's a lot of good information. Thank you, brother. What, uh, yeah, what would you like to add? What, what do you want to say to the people listening? Uh, if you're interested in coming and learning about the AV industry, you should definitely do it. Uh, next time you're at a concert or a show or a play, look up at the speakers and the lights and kind of examine what's happening there. Uh, and always thank the people behind the scenes. Uh, we're there to work hard for you and, and make sure that you guys have a good time and make memories. Um, and again, if you're interested in joining the AV industry, it is a very rewarding career path. It sounds like it, brother. Um, is there any way that people could reach you if they're interested in getting a hold of you or, or hearing some more info? Definitely. So uh, you can always reach me at my email at matt at esi-productions.com. Uh, if you're Tampa and you would like to, or if you're local to Tampa and would like to have a conversation. Uh, also, my name is Matthew Coombs, C-O-O-M-B-S, and I'm on all of the social medias. Matt, that's awesome. Thanks for being willing to reach out to people. Um, you, you may get you may get some messages, but uh, you're helping to fight the good fight. Definitely. I might have to start making some content to help with this, but I'm happy to help and I'm here to, you know, raise awareness of this industry. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Just, you know, make sure to tag us in it so we can build this oh, yeah. whole thing together. Yeah, will do, man. Hey, uh, one last shout out to your company, if you'd like. Sure. Uh, so I'm with ESI Production Services in Tampa. If you have a concert or a festival or you need some help with your audio, video, or lighting, give me a, a call, Matt, or give me an email, matt at esi-productions.com, uh, and I'll also give you all of my social media so that they can reach out. Awesome. Matt, can't thank you enough, brother, for being here. Thank you for taking the time. Absolutely. Crew, thank you so much, man. My pleasure. We'll see you next time, folks.